Welcome to Inside Today's Country, the show that gets the real stories from today's country stars, stories you haven't heard anywhere else. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been on the radio interviewing the biggest stars in the business and discovering new talent for more than 20 years, and now in his very own podcast. Are you ready? Let's go Inside Today's Country. On this edition of Inside Today's Country, we meet up with Dauphin, Manitoba artist Desiree Dorian, who started singing at five years old. When she was young, she did this to her uncle's cassette. So I stole my uncle's Guns N' Roses album, and I recorded a little song that I'd written over top of it. It was, of course, like I'm five or six years old. It was the worst song ever, but uh, he saved it and actually played it at my wedding. All that and more as we go inside today's country with Desiree Dorian next. All the way from Dauphin, Manitoba, Canada, it is Desiree Dorian here on Inside Today's Country. We are Zooming each other. Nice to see you all the way up there in Dauphin. Yes, this is this is a first for me, Tim. You've never done the Zoom thing before, hey? I've never done a Zoom interview. No, oh, well, welcome to, welcome to 2020, the year of COVID-19 and Zoom interviews. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> We are living literally in the future. <laughs> I know. And we were just talking about that, too. The fact that, uh, you know, here we are living through through this pandemic and, and we never thought this would happen. I know. it's uh, It feels really surreal, uh, to be honest. Um, I think we're all doing a really good job of trying to stay positive and trying to connect with each other and be kind to each other. And mm-hmm. um you know, I, I I think at least from what I've seen, it's it's bringing out the best in people. I think so. What are you feeling from the music community? Because I mean, this is taking a, a huge impact on, on the music world. Yeah, you know, um, I'm fortunate. Well, I always it's kind of a double edged sword. Like I, I uh, have a day job, and so um, you know, I've always wanted to take the leap and and you know work in music full time. And right now, I'm really thankful for my day job. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's it's you know what's keeping me afloat right now but man I tell you like my friends that you know they rely on on music solely as their as their sole source of income and many of them are you know supporting families and um, you know have children and and spouses and whatnot that they're that are counting on on their contributions to their family and um, it's heartbreaking I know a lot of people are are struggling right now and um it's, you know, we can sugarcoat it. We can say that, you know, we're being really kind to each other and that we're connecting and all of that stuff. But there are real people in real lives being impacted and affected. And um, I, I know that there are some organizations doing really good work around that and trying to help um, mitigate some of the damages that are being done and some mm. of the challenges that people are facing. Um, you know, people like Unison, I know Manitoba Music just set up an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know just uh, behind the scenes that there are organizations uh, that are working as well to try and find a way that we can help. And yeah, 
it's it's a tough time. Let's find out a little bit about uh, Desiree. Tell me uh, where you started your music career. Obviously, you're not doing it full time, as you as you mentioned. But uh, where did this all start for you? Oh, good grief! Um... <laughs> I know it's an open ended. It's a it's a wide question, but it, that's a big question. Yeah. So I started um, I started writing when I was about five, six, seven, eight years old, and uh, the very first song I ever performed was when I was eight years old. It was at at my Christmas concert in grade four. And uh, I remember wanting to chicken out and my music teacher uh, kind of gave me heck and said, get up on stage and we learned this. And so she she figured out the piano accompaniment. And, and uh, that was my, the very first time I ever performed. I released an album when I was about 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really cool. My um, my mom, I, like I grew up in Dauphin. And so my mom allowed me to take the Greyhound bus to Winnipeg uh, wow. to work with. Yeah, to work with the late Craig Fotheringham. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom didn't know anything about the music industry and the business. She just knew that I was a kid that loved doing it and she was trying to support me. And so we were really fortunate that Craig, of course, was an incredible human and, and he took really good care of me on the weekends <laughs> when I would go and work with him. And then I, I went to, um, you know, that was my part time job all throughout high school. And then, uh, I finished high school, did university, and then uh, in 2010 was really when I started actively trying to get back into the music scene. And um, I've cut uh, four albums since then, so been quite a quite a ride. What was the first song that you sang back in uh, school? It was a song that I wrote, uh, and it was a Christmas song, mm-hmm. and it was called. Oh man, I can't remember the name of it. It was it was a, an embarrassing song, though, to be honest. Like if I. <laughs> So we're not going to find uh, it. On, we're oh, not going to find it on YouTube anywhere. No, 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 no. I remember what it was called. It was called "All I Have to Do Is Believe in Him," like the longest title ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I still have a VHS uh, a video of it, but I'm not sure that I'm going to ever wow. share that. Well, yeah. you know, that's one of those one of those memories that you can uh, hold on to, and and one day someone will find it in a box and go, "What's this?" Yeah, exactly, exactly. My uh, when I was five, I actually stuffed um, Kleenex. You remember in the in the old cassette tapes, you could mm-hmm. they had uh, you could stuff the tops of the Kleenex mm-hmm. and then record over the cassette tapes. Yes, you so could. I, yeah, so I stole my uncle's Guns and Roses album <laughs> and I recorded a little song that I'd written over top of it. It was, of course, like I'm five or six years old. It was the worst song ever, but uh, he saved it and actually played it at my wedding. Oh my it was God. so embarrassing. But hold on, you recorded over his GNR cassette? Over Paradise City. Oh, all the songs, Desiree. <laughs> I, know, I know, it was terrible. Wow, and you know how much that, uh, you know, that uh, clean extra toilet paper that you would have put in there is going for now? Those Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Who are the artists that you look up to as a, as a young Canadian artist? Oh, man, I love... Uh... You know, like I grew up on all of the old, old guys. Like I grew up on, you know, Kitty Wells and Merle Haggard and mm-hmm. uh, Loretta Lynn, Dolly Parton, Buck Owens. Um, so, you know, whenever I think of country music, that's where my head goes uh, automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, modern days, like now, I love Miranda Lambert. I love Ashley McBride. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where my, where my, Taste lies, I would say. And we just recently lost one of the the legends of country music with Kenny Rogers. I know. You know what? I saw him in concert uh, a few years back, and it was hilarious because, of course, everyone gave him an encore. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And he stood there and he said, I am not going backstage and coming back out for an encore. Those things are so damn cheesy. He said, (laughs) and he refused. So he said, I'll sing one more song now and that's it. I'm not coming back out. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. That's it. Yeah. So it was, he was great. Yeah. What's the one concert you remember from uh, uh, being a youth that really impacted your life? Probably Kitty Wells. Oh, really? My, yeah, you know, she. I saw her when I was probably about 18, 19 years old mm-hmm. at the Centennial Concert Hall in Winnipeg. And uh, her husband played with her. And he came out on stage and he had a walker. And then the, the helpers that were helping them out on stage turned his walker around for him. And, and he sat down and someone handed him his guitar. And they sang together. And I thought, in like in that moment, I thought, man, like, I don't know how old her husband was. He, I, I would venture to guess he was probably in his eighties. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what a life to just to be doing what you love to do, you know, right throughout your life. And, uh, and that was a pretty profound moment that, you know, this is, this doesn't have to have an expiration date. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can make music as long as we can, breathe mm-hmm. so so to speak and and i thought that was pretty profound speaking of making music you've made a new song what's the title of it beautiful people and tell me a little bit about beautiful people yeah that's a song that i co-wrote with uh chris Bergaffney, who also produced my uh, brand new album and it's a song just about you know that it doesn't matter where you come from in the world if you're from a great big city you know or a small prairie town that we're all people and we're we're all we, we all matter so mm-hmm. that's really the gist of it in a nutshell wow that's pretty profound yeah pretty simple well pretty simple you know i think it's easy especially now and i've been doing a lot of thinking about you know with with the pandemic and what we're going through that really we don't have a lot of control over anything in our lives at the end of the day and <laughs> and um and you know the the material stuff that we sometimes place value on I mean, none of that really matters if we can't be together and be with people and enjoy each other's company. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think even even more for me today, that song has a bit more meaning than it did maybe a month ago. Do you think there's going to be a lot of, uh, not only will be there be a lot of babies in nine months, um, <laughs> because everybody's stuck inside, uh, but do you think there's going to be a, a, a flood of songs written about all the experiences that people are going through right now? Well, here's what I think, Tim. This mm. is my theory. Okay. I think we're, we're going to see a baby boom mm-hmm. in about nine, 10 months. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a divorce boom. And we're going to see. <laughs> Never even thought a, about that, actually. <laughs> a flood of incredible music. Yeah. Those are the three things that I'm predicting. Okay. I'm going to call you back in nine months' time, and we're going to see how many of those actually come through. Okay, sounds okay, good. Okay, <laughs> because I, I, I can, I, I kind of, I can agree with you on uh, on that because I think there is going to be a lot of, uh, well, pent up music energy. I think, um, and uh, as long as we, you know, we all make it through this, uh, it's going to be very interesting times afterwards. Do you think our world is going to change a little bit after this? I think so. I think it's going to take, uh, like, on a on a wider, broader. Um, scale i think it's going to take a little bit of time for our economy to bounce back Mm -hmm. um but i think on a personal level on a micro level um 
I mean, I've had people reach out to me already to say, is everything, how are you doing? Is right. everything okay? I've done the same. I've reached out to my neighbors that, mm-hmm. I, you know, to be frank, I mean, I've lived next door to these guys for 10 years mm-hmm. and I may have spoken to them three or four times. Well, I'm talking to them on a regular basis now to check in on them and, and they're doing the same. And, mm-hmm. and I think it, it's, um, forcing us a little bit to take a time out and a pause and to just give some consideration to people around us. And I hope that that stays around because it, it is really nice and, um, you know, to just be a bit more thoughtful in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. What's next for Desiree coming up? Uh, obviously the new song is out, but, uh, you know, there's new music, other new music planned, other albums planned. Well, I just released an album on February 7th and I feel like I need to give it a do-over because it's uh, <laughs> my summer plans are kind of up in the air right now. I think now. everybody, everybody's are right now, right? Yeah. And I think that's okay. I mean, I think if we have to do a re-release and, and you know, we'll run with it and, um, you know, we're all in the same boat and, and I might just do a re-release party or a re-release launch or something at some point once we can actually get the heck out of our houses. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're smiling and you're laughing about this. And I think that's one of the things that uh, we all have to take this in stride right now. I mean, I know that there's plans for festivals and, you know, events that everybody's, you know, looking forward to in the in the summer months, which really isn't that far away, considering, you know, we're rolling through uh, April into May, uh, you know, very, very quickly here. Um, but we will all get through this and, and we'll all come out on the other side stronger. And, and, and I have a feeling there's going to be a very large concert somewhere, I, you know, in the back of somebody's mind. Somebody's planning that right now. Exactly. I, I think you're right. I think there are going to be a few big ones that we're going to have to look forward to once we can leave our homes. There you go. Well, Desiree, we wish you all the best with the uh, new single. And uh, thanks very much for spending some time with us. And uh, fingers and toes crossed we get to see you on the road this uh, this summer. Yes, thanks so much for having me, Tim. It's been nice chatting with you. Thanks for listening to Inside Today's Country with Tim Black. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been a TimBlackOnAir.com production.